Hello, and welcome to the Catholic Duluth Show. The Catholic Duluth Show is a parish community podcast serving the parishes of St. Lawrence and Holy Family in Duluth, Minnesota. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Dan Rhoda, and with me I have Father Eli Gieske. How are you doing today, Father Eli? Good, good. Good to be with you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, uh, anything new? Uh, no, not, <laughs> not since this weekend. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Not since the, the, the bomb since, got dropped. Not since I, yeah. I told everybody I'm going back to Crosby and Father Anthony Craig is coming here. Yeah. That was the big news last weekend. And I guess people, some people are still finding out like some people yesterday after the Ash Wednesday masses were like, really? We didn't hear that. I'm like, well, Guess you weren't here last weekend. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so. And that's probably always hard too. It's just like, yeah. it's like you can't tell everyone. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, some people are you know just gone, so like they don't find out, and yeah, mm-hmm. it can just get. It, it's kind of a, like once the news gets out too, it's like oh, like it travels really fast to some mm-hmm. places. Yeah. Really slowly to other places. Right. So. Right. Been living under a rock, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. But um, but yeah. So that, that's me. Something that we're gonna talk about today. Just kind of, uh, I mean, we we'll probably want to dive deep into all of the intricacies of priests, priest movements, and everything. But sure. um, but yeah, just to talk about that a little bit, um, process through it a little bit, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then this weekend we'll be able to process process through it a little bit more with mm-hmm. uh, the bishops gonna come to. Yep. Say masses. Yep. Right. Yep. Um. So. So yeah, he was. He, he came to our. I mean, we don't have to get into the story right now, but he came to our staff meeting last week to kind of tell us. Drop the bomb. And um, and then he was saying he he was saying that he was gonna come to masses. He's and he was just like, you know, I know people need to be mad at someone, so they can be mad at me. And <laughs> I was just like, I mean, hey, that's commendable. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. But before we jump on to all that, we can talk about uh, uh, the things going on in the parish, which are really the same things we've been saying for like the last month now. Yeah, um, yeah. But but they're here and they're here. They're arriving. they're happening. Yeah, we're in Lent. Yeah, yeah, we're in Lent. Um, so I mean, Happy Lent. I don't know if it's or I, I don't know if that's like the 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 way to yeah. say it. Well, welcome to Lent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. We just had Ash Wednesday. We had four masses, and they were mm-hmm. all even. The six a.m. had like fifty people there, so that was good. Uh, today, so today's Thursday, so we're starting the parish mission today. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think next. I think the first small group starts on Monday. Wow, I think that's like the first one, and they'll be they'll be starting through all throughout March. So, um, so if you still want to get into a small group, you can. Um, the the men's day of re- reflection is March nineteenth, which we have a good amount of people signed up for that, so that's kind of getting going. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, the theology of the body day, March twenty sixth. Um, so yeah, a, a lot happening. A lot happening. Uh, and and yeah, and Lent, Lent is here. So yeah, so yeah, the next three days we'll be doing the parish mission, and I'm I'm hopeful that'll be good for people. Um. Looking forward to seeing Father Michael Carney, who's yep. a, he and I entered the seminary together. He left for a while, so we didn't get ordained the same year. But yeah, he's a good, good guy, good priest. So did you meet him at St. Thomas then? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep, at St. John Vianney. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were on the same floor, I think, but we met each other almost right away. 
we were both a little bit older so okay yeah 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 i actually um i was looking him up a couple days ago and i made the connection that he um when he got ordained like he was at mundelein yeah and one of my uh, best friends went to mundelein and they overlapped just one year so when father michael was a deacon um now father joe he was a sure he was just just out of focus and was doing his entered this was that the joe that was here at umd yeah okay what was his last name uh richards yeah that's right yep yep so so um so i shot him a text and Sure. It's like, oh, do you know Father Michael Carney? <laughs> so, so yeah, so it's good, but I, I've heard good things about him. Yeah. So, yeah, he did focus for a bunch of years before seminary. And then after two years of seminary, went back to focus for like two or three years and then went back to seminary. Okay. So he's definitely got a uh, focus mindset when it comes to um, mm-hmm. work. So, yeah, he uh, he's a good guy. And I think I think it'll be really helpful for people. Yeah, yeah, that, that's good. Um, yeah, so he was ordained in 2016, or he was either 2016 or 2017. I forget what, what, which one he was. Uh, he was ordained, ordained a deacon in the spring of 16 because I drove okay. all the way down to Joliet for that. Okay. And one day I'd, I had a Monday off, and it happened to be on a Monday. Or no, I had Friday off. That was my day when I was uh, an associate. Fridays were my day off. It was on a Friday, so I drove down, like left Duluth at like, Five in the morning, drove down to Joliet, which is just right outside of Chicago. Went to the ordination, stopped in to say hello after the recept at the reception, and then got in the car and drove all the way yeah. back. So it's a long day, but yeah. it was I was like, oh, I can do this, and I did. So yeah, it was yeah. kind of cool. That's awesome. That's great. Uh, yeah. So looking forward to the parish mission, and uh, hopefully people will take advantage of it. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm hopeful that they will. So, um, so great. Well, Father, do you want to open us in a prayer before we get into sure. it? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Lord, we uh, we come before you. We ask your your continued blessing as we dive into this season of uh, Lent. We pray that you would open the hearts of the parishioners here at uh, St. Lawrence and Holy Family. We pray that you would be with us, um, opening the doors to guide us, to help us to, to surrender to your will, uh, particularly as we transition this next month between myself and Father Anthony, I just ask that you would be present to the parishioners, uh, to us, the priests, uh, the staff, um, the sisters, all the people that are involved in this, um, that you would be present in all of it and, and allow us to um, just experience your grace and trust in you, not to be afraid, not to be fearful, but to always be open to what you are doing. Mother Mary, we, we commend ourselves to your petition and your, your prayers as we say, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So, yeah, so if, you know... Um, in case you haven't heard, um, it was announced last weekend at Masses uh, that Father Eli will be moving on from our parishes and going back to his previous assignment of Crosby and Garrison, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, starting uh, April 3rd. Yeah, April 3rd will be the last yeah. day I'll be here. Yeah, so that, that's a Sunday, right? It's a Sunday. So the next day I'll move, so. 
Yeah. And then um, so Father Anthony Craig will be taking over at pastor as pastor here at St. Lawrence and Holy Family. Um, yeah, and he'll get here that Monday, mm-hmm. right, April 4th. So, um, so yeah, I think this was a shock to a lot of people. I mean, I went to the, or I came to the Saturday night mass. Hmm. Um, and there was a, quite a bit of, uh, of tears there. Yeah. yeah. For, um, for <laughs> probably, probably because I was crying. <laughs> if I hadn't cried, I don't think everybody would have cried, but everybody loves it when the priest cries. I don't like it, but <laughs> it's like, oh, father's crying. This is great. I mean, obviously p- people were sad, but yeah. 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 When the priest is emotional, I think it, it triggers people. So Yeah. Yeah. Because um, at the other masses, I didn't cry because it wasn't as hard. It just got easier and easier. By the third mass, I was yeah. like, okay, I can say this without crying. But uh, yeah, so... As I showed less emotion, so did the people. So it was interesting. <laughs> yeah, the, that correlation. Yeah, that was an interesting social experiment. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not purposeful, but. Um, uh, but yeah, so th- I mean, this has kind of been in the works for um, maybe like the last month. You'd say it was like kind of early February. Yeah, I found out April or April, uh, February eighth. So, um, that's when I was notified. So. I, I don't think the bishop had decided much before then, it seemed to me, but he'd been thinking about it. So he'd been trying to figure out what are we going to do in Crosby? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And this is what we're going to do. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I mean, there's, I mean, I think there's a lot of people who aren't super like plugged into like everything that's going else mm-hmm. going on, like around the diocese. Right. So, uh, I, I would assume for a lot of people, they're kind of like, well, why does, like, what's going on in Crosby? Like, why do you have to go there? Yeah. So, um, I don't know. Do you want to share a little, just a little bit about, like, kind of, like, the context sure. behind sure. Yeah. everything? So, it might be helpful just to, so when I was there, I was there for four years. The first two years I was there, I had two parishes, one in Deerwood and one in Crosby. They're both uh, parish of St. Joseph, actually. They both had the same name. And they were supposed to combine together to build a new church. So my first year, I got to know them. Second year, we started working on trying to come together and uh, think about what that would look like. Um, and then my, at the end of my second year, they, were, they told me they were going to be adding Garrison and Hillman to other parishes to the cluster. Um, and that those two were supposed to come together as well. So became a cluster of four and at that point I was like okay we got to do something I can't I can't do four weekend masses four different places we did that for like a month uh, two months I got them in July and by September 1st we were down to just three masses again um, so basically at that point the parish in Deerwood and Crosby came together and we it took a little while but they merged together and then we shut down the the church in Deerwood with the intention that we would be building a new church somewhere in the area. And so really it would be both churches that would be shut down eventually. Um, and so from that time on, it was kind of like looking ahead to like, okay, where are we going to build? And we bought property and then we started doing some architectural renderings of what we could build and trying to figure out how much is this going to cost. And um, about the time we just started talking about doing a capital campaign that's when COVID happened and things were shut down. And we had been planning to do a capital campaign that spring, so the spring of 
20. Mm-hmm. But what ended up happening is our bishop died in December, and one of our priests was made bishop out in uh, South Dakota. So that opened up kind of a can of worms of like, who are you going to move to here and here and there and there? And then I got caught up in the, the jumble of moves and was moved here. And so in the interim, they moved Father Anthony there um, to kind of take up the baton of what we've been working on. Um, but it was a difficult time because you're in COVID. It's kind of uncertain, like, mm-hmm. what are we going to do? When should we move forward? Are we going to move forward? You know, a lot of questions. And so um, just recently, I know they had been working on the capital campaign, and they're still working on that, I think. But uh, Father Anthony took a, a, a leave of absence for a few months since October. Um, and so they've been without a pastor. Uh, well, he's the pastor, but he hasn't been present because he's been working through his stuff. And now he's coming back, and the decision was made probably not best for him to go back to that situation with the building of a new church and the capital campaign and all that. And then the question became, well, if he's not going back, who could take this up and and continue on with it? And I guess they decided we don't want to put a new priest in there, somebody who's not familiar with the process, but then there's only me who knows about the process or has been there. So that's why they asked me to go back there. That's my understanding of the situation. And so I'm going there. Father Anthony is coming here, which is sad. I'm sad to leave, but I think he'll be a great pastor here, and I think he'll be a good fit. And we're similar in a lot of ways, I would say, in terms of um, our outlook on the church, liturgical tastes, I would say. Um, He's got more experience. He's been a priest longer, so um, he's had... um, a lot of experience, especially in the marriage and family office. He works the, there with Betsy Neepkins over at the diocese, so actually it kind of fits well for him because I won't have to drive from out of town to be present at that office. So there's a lot of things going, I think, that'll that'll work well. Um, I'm sure he'll... I'll let, I'll let him share more details if, if he wants to about um, why this is a good fit for him, but I think it'll be a good fit, and, you know... I think it points to some degree, like where we are as a, as a diocese. We have a lot of young priests, and we don't have a lot of experienced priests, and we don't have a lot of extra priests. So when something happens like this, it's like we don't have anybody that you can just put in there that has the ability to. Oh, I've done this before. I mean, I have never never done it before either. So I'm going to be learning about this process. But at least I was there, kind of in the beginning, so I kind of understand where things are at. Hopefully, I guess that's their thought. Yeah. But if you had had a guy like who's built other churches or done other kind of things like this, they might just say, "Oh, well, he's done it before; he can go there." But we don't really have anybody like that that's available, um, and that's kind of where we are. Is we're just stretched so thin. Like when a hole opens up, it's like, "Well, what are we gonna do? Like, yeah, who 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 can go there?" And there's not a lot of options. So, unfortunately, uh, we kind of get stuck with the situation where. Like we're here, we're unintentionally, it's not the bishop's intention or Father Jim's intention or anybody that moved guys to have this kind of turnover that we've had when we went from Father Bill to Father Ryan to Father Eli now to Father um, Anthony um, within a fairly short time. That's not the intention, but it just worked out that way, unfortunately. So I'm hopeful that now there'll be some stability. I'm, I'm hopeful that that'll be the case. Um, 
for for you all. Um, I think that's would be really helpful for the parishes. Um, so yeah, that might have been more information than you wanted. Yeah, no, that, that's good. That's good. I mean, it's it it's hard too because you know you can only put so much uh so many uh words into a uh just like a, an announcement like that. Yeah, you know, you yeah. can't like all right, here's a twenty minute ex- explanation yeah. about why this is uh, why we're doing this. You know. Yeah, and uh, and like you alluded to, like. Sometimes we're not very aware of other things in the diocese, and we don't really care about those other things. So <laughs> yeah. when another per- parish experiences a need, our usual response is, well, as long as it doesn't bother us or change our situation, we're fine with whatever you do. But as soon as it affects us, then it becomes uh, a problem. And that's normal, right? That's normal. We, we kind of all operate that on a human level. But um, it just shows that we are all connected. We are a diocese. We all are in this together, and so, uh, in some sense, we should care more about what are what is what is going on in other parts of the diocese. And I've sort of alluded to this over my time here. Is like Duluth has a has a unique experience in our diocese in that there's lots of places to go to mass. There's lots of priests in Duluth. Um, there are many places in the diocese where you have only one parish that's really in driving distance unless you want to go more than an hour away or whatever. And so we're kind of spoiled here in Duluth and it is what it is. You know, it's not, it's nothing against Duluth. It's just, that's our experience. But when we, when we get upset because uh, one of our parishes is changing or is being clustered or is even being closed as has happened over the years, like we have other options, right? It's not like, we now have to drive to Superior or Cloquet. Whereas if you close the parish in some of these rural areas, it's like, now you got to drive 20 more minutes or another half hour or whatever. So it's just a different experience. And people are used to that out there, and we're used to what we are here in Duluth. But sometimes there's this um, sense from one way or the other, whether you're outside of Duluth or in Duluth, where it's like, oh, they get everything in Duluth, or they don't understand us outside of Duluth. The Duluthians are, you know, the chancery's there. Like, even the priests, like, all the meetings happen in Duluth, so you got to drive to Duluth, you know, if, even if you're on the other side of the diocese. You, if, you're, if you're on the presbyteral council, or if you're on a, uh, if you work at, do any kind of work in the chancery, you got to drive from wherever you are, and sometimes it's kind of like, ah, oh, got to, drive that 210 corridor again yeah. as you know daniel because you're from brainerd it's like oh that road yeah it's it's kind of a i don't mind it i've gotten used to it over the years mm-hmm. but it's, it's sort of a it's like here we go making yep. this drive again yep yep <laughs> it's like two hours of just straight yeah <laughs> driving through the woods driving through the swamp here's that big straightaway before we get to aiken yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah um yeah and you know there there's something to that uh like there's probably like a range of emotions you know too mm-hmm. like uh and i think for me the biggest kind of part that like made me like angry r- right away when i did hear it was just like the oh here we go again <laughs> another new priest <laughs> and um yeah. and it's just like more more change and um and and i mean it was it was some something some, something too that I was like, okay, I mean, I, I, I get the reasons why, and that's fine. W- whether I want the reasons or not, or like 
accept the reasons or not, it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like it's happening, right? You know, right. and like whether we're mad or sad or mm-hmm. happy or <laughs> <laughs> there's probably no, there, there probably aren't very many people that that are happy. Yeah, there must be some. That was just, that was a joke, which is fine. Um, but like no matter what where people are at, it's like it doesn't. I mean, like it it, it matters. But at the same time, it's like it's not going to change. It doesn't change anything, yeah. And so, yeah. Um, and and there's part of me too. I was like, man, we like this this parish cluster. I think in particular, I mean, other parishes have gone through a lot of change, also. So mm-hmm. it's not like we're the only ones. But but I think just in particular, like there's been a lot of change mm-hmm. within. I mean, you said, I mean, this will be the fourth pastor in the last what six years, seven years. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, it's definitely like that. That is quite a bit a bit of turnover and even i mean i mean even just in the last i mean almost three years since i've been here like there's been a, quite a bit of yeah. change yeah you know um it's kind which, of the name of the game yeah which 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 uh, you know isn't necessarily a bad thing right you know um because I, I, i'd also probably think that the last like were you know like we were better when father ryan left than when father ryan got here and we're better when you've left than when you got got here you know and hopefully this i like i mean i think that's like hopefully the same for every priest that Mm -hmm. you know comes and goes and and for like the parishioners too it's you know it's not just a priest thing but just like you know we hope to be better at the end yeah than than worse right right Right? so i think that's an aspect too it's like oh well you know change will constantly be happening Mm-hmm. Uh, whether we want it to or not. Right, right, yeah. What's the saying? Uh, I think it's Cardinal Newman or somebody said, uh, to live is to change often and then to be, f- oh no, it's to be perfect is to have changed often or something like that. It's basically alluding to like, life is going to change, that's just part of life and if you refuse that that's a reality, then you're just always going to be frustrated or disappointed. Yeah. And if we can roll with the punches and accept changes as they come, uh, that can sanctify us. If we if we meet it with a generous heart, with a an open heart, with the Lord, ultimately we just say, Lord, okay, this is happening. Let me let me enter into it. Versus, I don't want to do this. I'm upset. Whatever. I mean, naturally we have that first reaction, right, to a change that we don't like. And that's okay. It's okay to have, let our, allow our emotions to to be felt and to acknowledge them and so forth. But then at some point we have to kind of dig down and say, "Okay, Lord, where are you in this?" And allow me to to not get stuck in my own self here, mm-hmm. but to to go outside of myself. So I think this is another opportunity for that. And as difficult as it might be or seem, um, there's a grace that comes with it if we can embrace that. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think there's another, like, kind of aspect to this that I do want to talk about a little bit, and that's just this idea of, like, obedience. Mm. Because uh, as, like, Bishop wrote in his letter, as this, like, like, you wrote down, like, you know, I, my preference is to stay, but I'll go if you need me to. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then, you know, he takes you up on that, as he said. But, um, but I, th- I think that's, that's something too for a lot of us that when we think of obedience to like, I mean, whether it's to God or to like 
you know, in this case, the bishop or, or even just like the church. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I think a lot of times we're just like, oh, like I'll, I say I'll be ob- obedient, but then when I have to be obedient, mm-hmm. that's, uh, that, that's much harder. Yeah. Yeah. Our obedience is not very helpful if it doesn't do anything for us in the moment when it's needed, right? Like, uh, is it Chesterton that says something like, we need a church uh, that helps us be obedient when it's difficult, or to be to be good when it's difficult to be good, uh, because when it's easy to be good, like we don't need the rules, we don't need the, mm-hmm. the church there to guide us, but we when it's challenging, when it's difficult, when it's against our, our will or a surrendering of our preference, that's when it's most valuable when we when we actually are obedient in those moments because that is that's a sign of virtue or it's at least a moment of growth in virtue mm-hmm. if we can say oh this is really hard but I'm going to do it because I know it's the right thing to do um, much more valuable than oh I'm, I'm being obedient to the bishop he sent me here and I like it here and I'm going to stay here and I'm, look at me being obedient then yeah, yeah. then that thing comes along and that change comes and we're like Oh, now I don't want to be obedient. I'm I'm going to choose not to be obedient because I don't like this. And I mean, I think to some degree we've all dealt with this the last two years with COVID, right? There, all the stuff that we were being asked to do, it challenges. It certainly challenged me. Um, I wrestled with a lot of things of like, you know, being obedient to what's being asked. Um, how well am I doing with that? I don't know if I did well with that, but it was a time of learning and trusting and growing in that, even if I didn't do it perfectly. And I would think we could all probably say the same. Like, um, when it's difficult, when we're being challenged, and we have to measure, like, what does it mean to be obedient in a moment when I don't want to be? You know, what does it mean to be obedient when I would prefer not to? What does it mean to be obedient? when I maybe even disagree with this decision or whatever, how do I make my way through that? And so for myself, and I imagine for some of the prisoners, this is a challenge, but it's also um, a sign of where we are. Can I say yes to this, even though I don't want to, even though I don't prefer it, even though I, you know, that sort of thing. So it's insane obedience, my obedience uh yes i'm going to i'm going to be obedient to this um there's a there's a grace that comes from that you know that the lord works through obedience even like in a marriage when when we say yes to our spouse when it's difficult or or um when we lay our life down when it's challenging for our children or for our our spouse in small little ways that are hidden and and unknown like there's a grace that comes from that there's a grace that we grow through when we do that and this might seem like a, a big thing to say yes to for, for for some or for myself but it's really based it's built upon little yeses to other things and it's, it's a, you know when you do the little things and you can say yes to that it makes saying yes to the bigger things easier and I think so hopefully it's a fruit that we're growing that um, at this moment is being tested so here we are we find ourselves in front of it can we say yes to it Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, I think the last thing that I kind of just want to talk about is uh, is you, you kind of talk about this in your uh, bulletin article this upcoming Sunday, but um, 
but just this idea that like uh like what we have started here will continue mm-hmm. you know i think th- th- that's probably one of like the like one of the first fears that like pops into my head whenever there's like like big change in like leadership it's like oh we've we've done all like all this work mm-hmm. you know even like when when father ryan left it's kind of like oh I, I felt like we were just getting there mm-hmm. you know and now we have to start over and i mean in to a certain sense yes we did but we also kind of like i mean it was it wasn't just like um you know we were we were going up and then we started going down it's like oh we took a different path but we, we were going going up still mm-hmm. you know and that's and, and and that's kind of how how I felt like right away here too. It's just like oh, I felt like we were just we were just like getting there, you know. <laughs> we're, we're just getting there. We have all we all we have all these things going, um, but at the same time, yeah, it's like it's like oh yeah, I don't, um, especially based off like the last experience. It's like yeah, like with Father Anthony coming in, like he would be different. Mm-hmm. Like that's just one hundred percent. Yeah, you know, true. Like like it's probably not the exact same path that we are going on, but. It won't. That doesn't mean that it will be a bad path, right? Or even like that different of a path, right? And so. ultimately, if we trust that the Holy Spirit is the one guiding this process, it's it is God's path for us. Yeah. You know that we can trust that. Like we are different people, so we might see things a little differently, or we might make a different decision, or approach something differently. But ultimately, God is entrusting these parishes to Him, uh, and we know that God is going to continue to guide us so um so we can trust that we can we can lean into that a, a little bit and i i mean i i think in the bulletin article if i remember i talked about how we have a lot of people in place here that have assisted me and guided me and helped me with making decisions and kind of casting a vision and all of those people are still going to be here so that there's a great help in that i mean sometimes you are as a priest you you don't have very many staff or very many volunteers or anybody. So everything is sort of riding on you. And so when you leave, the ship either sinks or the handoff, if the handoff is a little clumsy, the next guy maybe has a different vision. Whereas here, I feel like it's a much more broad-based leadership. And so it's not like uh, when I leave, everything is going to just go away. Like I, I feel like, yeah, I'm a piece of the puzzle, but I'm, I'm not... Uh, irreplaceable, obviously, and um, I would say even in some sense, I feel like, although I've, I've had the the joy of working, especially with the leadership team and everything, um, that was very much a group think sort of thing that we all came up together and and worked through things together. And yeah, I, I as a pastor, I have a responsibility to make choices and say, let's go this way or let's go that way. But it wasn't ever me just coming up with everything on my own. It was definitely like all of us kind of puzzling through like where should we go and what should we do as a parish and where should we put our energy and how should we spend our resources and everything. And so I feel confident that, you know, that process will continue. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for that. And it's, it's, it's a relief to me to, to know that it's not all dependent on Father Anthony as he comes in to kind of keep things going, but there's all these other people around him that can say, here's what we're doing, Father, and if you want to adjust something, we can adjust something, but, you know, so I'm, I'm grateful for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah, I think, I mean, this kind of be it for 
today's episode, but we just want to yeah dive a little bit more into into the news, talk about maybe maybe process through it mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, but this I you know I hope hope this was good for for people, maybe even just giving you more information and more like um, you know if you if you had fears, hopefully this calms some of them. Um, but uh, but but yeah, at the same time, you know we don't totally know what all the change is going to entail, so we have to yeah you know kind of trust in the Holy Spirit and that we're this is all being guided by the Holy Spirit and um, yeah yeah tr- you know trust when we don't want to or where we don't maybe have it mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, yeah we'll we'll uh, see where where we go yeah that'll be the continued story mm-hmm. yeah so so yeah thank you Father um, thank you and uh, yeah thank you everyone for listening uh, we hope you have a great rest of your day and we will catch you again next time